Well, good evening, and uh, glad that you're with us tonight to be able to open up God's Word for a few moments and to learn some great things from God's Word. So thank you for, uh, for taking the time to be a part. I hope that you and your family are having a wonderful Lord's Day and that you're enjoying the day, that you're getting some rest. It's truly a fall day here in Northern Colorado. It is chilly and uh, it's been a, a beautiful day though. And God has worked in um, wonderful, wonderful ways. Hey, we're gonna give just uh, a few few minutes for everyone to be able to, to join us. So if you are um, right now on and you're, you're seeing this video, if you would take just a moment, depending on where you're watching from, if you can take a second and just like or share or check in and put a comment where you're watching from, and that will encourage others to watch with us. And I know that uh, this message tonight that we're gonna see from God's word is extremely important for all of us. Every single person tonight, whether young or old, is going to have a, a, strong, uh, a strong message from the Lord and from his word to each of your hearts tonight. So take just a minute, like, share, Encourage others to, uh, to join us tonight and very honored to be a part wherever you are tonight, where you're watching from. Thankful that we have an opportunity to share the word of God with you. This morning, we had a wonderful service. We thank the Lord for the spirit that was there. We, we thank God for uh, visitors that were able to, to join with us today. And then just how God spoke to all of our heart through the music. What a wonderful joy to sing some of the old hymns and some of the newer um, songs that we sang today. And we just really sense the presence of the Lord there today. Um, I was uh, encouraged by uh, many of you who have uh, reached out about the message today and just living a life based on the principles of God's word and how God has given us a power in principles. And if we would really apply that to our life every day with everything that we do, we would see God work in great ways in our lives. And so I hope that you'll, uh, you'll listen to it, study it, go back and review it and put it to practice in your life every day. Make it a priority in your life to live by the power of principle. A uh, few things that I wanna mention to you. Remember that Tuesday, of course, is election day. And if you have filled out your ballot and you plan to mail it, let me just remind you that it is too late to do that. And so there are a variety of drop boxes around uh, the community that you can go and drop those off, uh, or you can go and vote in person on Tuesday. Go to, a, there are many different voting areas and you can go and vote in person. And so I would encourage you, but please make sure that you do vote and vote according to your biblical counsel. I would, a biblical um, um, uh, model. I also want to say tomorrow is going to be a day of prayer and a day of fasting. Many are going to pray and fast through the day tomorrow. And I want to encourage you to spend some time in prayer. I will be on a, a, a Zoom call with Faith Winds and a, a national group of pastors and different uh, leaders. And we're going to be reading some scripture and praying. And you're welcome to join us. You can find registration for that online. And we wanna encourage you to be a part of that. Take some time to pray. I think of Daniel in Babylon. He prayed for his nation. I think of Nehemiah. 
He prayed for his nation. Uh, during times of great distress, uh, these men prayed. There are many prayers uh, that you can see, prayers of patriots in the Old Testament. And so I really believe that that's what God has asked us to do today. So let's pray and get the Lord, get the Lord's mind and his, his will involved. We, um, we also have this week, we have a couple of things. Don't forget about the course of family and the funeral service this Saturday. Also, uh, ladies, there is a ladies outing and we want to encourage you about uh, this Saturday morning. You can um, find some information about that from the church office. Uh, Miss Michelle would be willing to uh, help any of you with any information. And so make sure that you um, look into that and be a part of that. Also, men's prayer breakfast will kick back off on this Saturday morning. And it's gonna be a wonderful time for men to gather. Uh, bring, bring your teenagers and your sons and we'll have a time of prayer. And I know it'll be a blessing for all of us to give back to those precious Saturday times once a month where God's men meet together and we pray together for uh, our church, our country, our families. And we wanna see God work in a mighty way through that. And so you be here this Saturday. I know it'll be a blessing to you. And you'll be a blessing to others when you come. Uh, don't forget about Wednesday night. Wednesday night will be our witness and action classes. We're going through this in our midweek service. And we'll, we'll be this Wednesday night, we'll be going directly back to our classes. This last Wednesday night, we were all together. And it was a wonderful time as we reviewed some of the things that we've been learning about sharing our faith. And we shared our testimony with one another. That was a great blessing. And I sure enjoyed um, hearing some of those testimonies and just watching some of you share your testimony with one another. That was a blessing. So this Wednesday night, we'll be back for the next two weeks as we're learning about how to share our faith. And so uh, you come Wednesday night, seven o'clock. Don't forget, there'll be youth group, there'll be Awanas, there's child care provided. And so if you haven't been in a class, I wanna invite you to come on and be a part. We'll find a place for you. I want you to be finding in your Bible tonight Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Isaiah was a tremendous prophet and uh, his book is often referred to as a miniature Bible. It, it has 66 chapters. Uh, it is laid out much like the layout of the scripture. And in chapter 40, where we're gonna be tonight, would really be the beginning of uh, of that New Testament period uh, in, we see the beginning of um, the prophecy here of um, the voice crying in the wilderness and the prophecy of John the Baptist. And it's a wonderful, wonderful book. But there are some wonderful truths and very practical truths for today. In the last few Sunday nights, we've been dealing with fear, worry. We've been dealing with uh, depression and discouragement. And so tonight, we're gonna to look at uh, strength for stress. And I wanna tell you, stress is something that all of us have to deal with. Uh, I read something not long ago that 89% of Americans, 89% of Americans uh, at some point in their life deal with chronic stress syndrome. And stress is a part of life. Stress is, uh, is, a, is a, a part of how life works. And 
We're going to look at some things, but there are so many people tonight that are emotionally, physically, and spiritually stressed out. And they are beyond, uh, beyond their limits, I can tell you for sure. And um, we're going to look at some things tonight that I think will help us in Isaiah's prophecy. Look at Isaiah 40 and look with me, please, in verse number 28. Isaiah 40, verse number 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I've, I've sung several different versions of scripture songs to that. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And it is a wonderful promise. And in this passage of scripture, we are going to see how to have strength for stress. And so I want you to take just a moment to pray with me there. And then we are gonna get into the message tonight. And I want you to hear from the Lord, from his word, how to have strength for your stress. And I, I trust the Lord will speak to your heart. Lord, I pray that you'll open the word to our understanding, that you'll be our, our teacher. I pray that we would, we would see from your word and hear from your spirit the things that we so desperately need to find strength in this weary world. Thank you for your promises. Help us tonight to see it clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things I read in this passage of scripture is that uh, early in the chapter, in verse number, in, in uh, chapter 40, we find that all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. And we know that what happens to grass and to flowers, they wither and they fade. And all of man's strength and all of man's beauty will one day fade away. All of us come to an end of ourselves. But what we read in this passage of scripture is that God has everlasting strength. He is the infatigable God. God never grows weary. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He never grows weary. God is omnipotent and he is wonderful. And God gives strength to the stressed out. And uh, somebody one time said, okay, well, what is stress? And I came across a definition of stress that I have held to and I believe is a wonderful definition of stress. What is stress? Stress is the gap between the demands of life and our ability to meet them. Uh, it is the gap between the demands of life and our ability to meet them. Oh, you know, think about this. Over here, you have all the demands of life. You have uh, the responsibilities you have all the necessities, food and shelter and clothing and all the things that are necessary for life and your responsibilities on life. And then you have all the opportunities. There are a million things to do and that can be done and there's great opportunities. 
But over here is our inability, our weakness, our sinfulness, our lack of knowledge, and our faults. And so we have this great gap between all of life's responsibilities and demands and our inability and our weaknesses and our ineffectiveness to meet those responsibilities. And there in the middle, in that gap, is where we find the stress of life. Um, we, we often say, I want to. We often say, I ought to, but we just can't. The things that we want to do, we don't. The things that we don't want to do, we do. And uh, it's more than just our sinfulness. It is our inadequacy and our inability to meet the demands of life. Doctors will tell you that so much illness and so many physical ailments in people uh, are a direct result to stress. Now, now, folks, we've got a problem with stress in our world. People are stressed out and they're angry, they're fatigued, they're self-medicating, uh, they're, trying to, they're trying to cope with life. And I wanna tell you uh, that that is not where a Christian should live. We should not just live in the coping of life. Well, we don't just cope. Listen, believer, you and I have a blessed hope and our hope is in God's ability. And uh, when we're stressed out and when we're fatigued and when we are weary, that's when spiritual defeat happens. You remember that old wicked king of Amalek when Israel was going through the wilderness? You remember what the Bible said in Deuteronomy? And we talked about this last week some, but it was when those in Israel's numbers were weary, they were faint, they were halt, they were maimed, and they were lagging behind. Amalek attacked from the rear, and he captured those that were weak. And, and that's what the devil's looking for. Satan is a vicious devourer and destroyer, and he's looking for our weaknesses and our inefficiencies, and that's where he's going to strike. And so, Christian, uh, this is where we come to this passage of scripture and we learn some things from God's word. Well, first of all, we learn that it's not a sin to be stressed. It's not sinful to be stressed. In fact, stress is just a part of life. It's, it, is a, it is a necessary part of life. Good things happen under stress. We heard beautiful music today. We heard the orchestra play. But can I tell you that that, uh, that piano and those, those musicians in the orchestra and all of those instruments, nearly every one of those instruments, make beautiful music under stress. It's the, it's the tension on the strings that send the right vibrations that make beautiful music. Now, too, too little stress and the tone is wrong. Too much stress and you might break the string. And so we wanna be somewhere between uh, a saggy string and a snap string, we wanna be properly stretched so that we can meet the demands and that our life plays a beautiful melody and praise to the Lord because in him we find strength for stress. So I'll tell you, there is no sin in being stressed. In fact, there can be some beauty in stress, but I will tell you where the sin comes from. The sin comes from not uh, utilizing the help that God has made available to us. It is wrong for us to lean on the arm of the flesh. It's wrong for us to depend upon our own strength. The arm of the flesh will fail you. 
We are to depend on the Lord. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So where did Paul get his strength? He got his strength through Christ. He had a can-do spirit because he put it on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where you and I need to know. Let's look at a couple things from this passage of scripture. But one of the things that God promises us here, and one of the things that God provides for is, and I want you to look at verse 31 expressly. We're gonna look around this verse a little bit, but look at verse 31. The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he says here, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. One of the great things that God has given us here is the idea of soaring in the storms of life. God gives us strength to soar in the storms of life. Now, what do you mean by that? He's, he's using this as an eagle and he's comparing life here as an eagle. Now, what do eagles do? Eagles are mighty birds. They're fascinating birds. But eagles spread out those great wings and when storms come, eagles are able to catch those updrafts and those thermals and eagles let the winds of that storm and those updrafts of those storms put them high. And they spread those wings out and they catch those thermals and up they go. Uh, an eagle is able to look directly into the sun. They have a special lens on their eye. They look directly into the sun. They point themselves upward and that eagle in those raging storms of life are able to use the storm and the power of that storm to soar above it. And can you see that eagle? Tens of thousands of feet above the earth and there they have their uh, their wings stretched out so wide. And there they are just sailing through that stormy air, looking down on all that is beneath them because they have this power to get above the wind. Now, now can I tell you that uh, eagles uh, had to learn that? They had to learn that. Uh, if you were to write this verse down in uh, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 11, the Bible God says, what are you going to liken to me to? And then he says, uh, as the eagle, so the Lord. Well, what does the eagle do? The eagle stirreth up her nest and, and, uh, and her young are out of that nest and bear, she bears them up on her wings. Uh, the mama eagle, when they're building their nest, build those nests way up on the cliff, up on the crags, and they, they find a high place to build a nest. And then they go out and they build that nest with all kinds of sticks and twigs, but they put in that nest thorns and, and bones and whatever kind of uh, things that they could, would be sharp instruments. But then they, they take that and they feather that nest. They lay the skins of animals in that nest and they make it very comfortable, lay their eggs, and those little baby eaglets are born. And mama goes out and finds food, brings it back, feeds them. And uh, they're very comfortable. Those little chicks in that, those little eaglets in that nest are warm and snug. But the day comes when it's time for them to learn a lesson. And the mama eagle gets above that nest and hovers above that nest and looks at those eagles. And then she comes in and she stirs that nest. She begins to take out all the things that would be comfort and warmth. And boy, those little eaglets are uncomfortable in that nest. Things are poking them and they're uncomfortable and they're crammed all the way up against one side and pretty soon they get up kind of towards the edge of that nest and that's exactly where the mama wants them. And somehow that mama just thoom, knocks them over and they begin to tumble and tumble and tumble. And that little baby eaglet is, is frantically beating the air with its little wings and pretty soon mama 
keeping a watchful eye on her, swoops down and comes underneath and catches those little eaglets on her back, brings them up to the nest. And over and over and over and over, she does that until the day comes as that eaglet is falling and falling and falling. Pretty soon those wings get out and they begin to work. And all of a sudden there is a, there's a little lift there. And there's a, little, there's a little ability to fight against that wind and that little eaglet is soon flying on its own. And what seemed to be very cruel was actually very kind. And the Lord said, that's what I do to you. There are times in your life when I'm gonna stir up and I'm gonna knock you out of the nest and there's gonna be some storms that come into your life and I'm teaching you to fly because there's gonna be greater storms in your life and you're gonna need to use that ability to get above those raging storms. When adversity comes, a Christian is gonna have to learn how to take the, the wings that God has given us and to soar above the storms. Oftentimes, what God is doing looks so cruel, but is so very kind. I read a story years ago about a woman who was driving home from work, a true story. She was driving home from work late at night, and it was in the dead of winter. She was driving home, and Somewhere in a downtown business district, she ran out of gas. Her vehicle stopped dead on the road and she was terrified. She knew that she should have gotten gas. She tried to get it started. She couldn't get it started. She looked around. There were high fences and old buildings and she was in a very, very bad area of town. And she noticed as she was waiting, maybe somebody would come along and help her. She was waiting and as she was waiting, she saw in the shadows one of her worst fears. Here came a big burly looking man and he was walking towards the car and she thought surely, surely he's going to walk by but he didn't he walked right up to the car he walked up to the glass he looked in he knocked on the window and she was frantic in that car she had locked the door she'd scooted to the other side and she she began to scream to go away go away go away and uh pretty soon that man came back he left for a little while he came back and he had a crowbar in his hand. She began to honk the horn, hoping that somebody would hear her and come to her aid. And that man came with a crowbar and he bashed the window of that car in. And he opened the door and he reached in and he grabbed her by the ankle and she on the other side of the car, kicked him right in the face and bloodied his nose, bloodied his lip, kicked him and pushed him and hit him and she grabbed for anything she could in the car and he was dragging her out. And no sooner did he drag that frantic woman out of that car than she heard it. She heard the sound of that train and its long whistle and boom, the train hit that car and crushed it like a tin can and rolled it down the track and that car was destroyed. And see, what that woman thought was such a cruel act was actually an act of kindness. She was so grateful for that man to deliver her. And can I tell you that there are times in our lives when we're going through a great adversity and we think, God, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And God is doing something very kind to give us that ability to get above the storm and be able to soar in times of storms. Number two, notice what he said. Strength to mount up with wings as eagles. Number two, to run, to run and not be weary. Not only does God give us the strength, uh, the, uh, the ability to soar in the storms, but number two, God gives us the ability to run in the rush. <laughs> a life is a rush. You ever just work, think that you're just always 
running in the rat race, you're kind of like a hamster in the wheel and you're running, 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 and it just seems like there's no end to the rush of life. Well, can I tell you, listen to me very carefully what I'm gonna say. There is enough strength in every day and enough time in every day to do everything that God desires you to do. And this is where you and I as a believer need to really uh, contemplate what we're doing in life is, is this what God wants me to do? Am I doing the things God wants me to do? Because friend, there is enough time in every day for you to accomplish all the things that God wants you to do. Sometimes a lot of our stress is undue stress because we're trying to do things that God didn't ask us to do. And so uh, we are spinning our wheels, but there are times when life has a rush. There is a rush to life and there's an urgency to life. I think over in Acts chapter eight, when Philip was in Samaria having a wonderful citywide revival and God called Philip out into the wilderness. And God took him all the way out into the, uh, into the wilderness of Gaza and God said, look over there. And there was a chariot driving by. God said, go join yourself to that chariot. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter eight that Philip ran. He had to catch that chariot. Here was an opportunity God had given him and he had to run, he had to rush. He had to, to really stretch out to get to that opportunity. And there are times in life when God is going to put some things in front of us that are just gonna cause us to have to rush. And we're gonna have to be in a hurry. We're gonna have to be on the move and on the go. But can I tell you, God has given you enough time to get it done. And sometimes you're just gonna have to run. I think about what I read many years ago about on the Serengeti. Every day when the sun comes up on the Serengeti, the gazelle says to himself, if I cannot outrun the fastest lion today, I will be food. And somewhere on that same Serengeti, there's a lion waking up, stretching and yawning and saying to himself or herself, if I do not run faster than the slowest gazelle, I'm going to starve today. And so every day on the Serengeti, whether you're a gazelle or a lion, you wake up running. And doesn't that seem like the way it is in all of our lives? We just wake up running, trying to make it, trying to catch our tail, so to speak. And listen, friend, there are sometimes we have to run because we have an adversary, a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And we as Christians better be accomplishing the opportunities that God has called us to because we do have an adversary who's gonna be looking for us and uh, seeking to devour us. But I want you to know that God has given us the ability to soar in the storms and God has given us the ability to run in the rush and number three, notice what he says. He says, and they shall walk and not faint. Now you say, well, why is this a descending verse? It's starting with soaring and then running and now walking. Well, he said, not only do you have the strength to soar in the storm, but also to run in the rush. But number three, you have the ability and the strength to march in the mundane. And can I tell you that this is where most of us fail. This is where most of us have our greatest failures. It's not in the days of the adversities. It's not in the days of the rush. Many of us are adrenaline junkies and it's, it's the rush that helps us to get focused, to get it all done. I'll tell you where many of us find our greatest failures. It's just in the everyday life. Um, I think about um, what, what the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians. 
The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that you and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places. But then seven times in that book, he talks about our walk, our walk in this world. And the Christian life is like a walk. It's, it's like Israel leaving Egypt and they had 40 years that they were in the wilderness. And what did they do? There were no cars. There were no taxis. There were no trains. There were no airplanes. They were going to have to walk step by step, day by day. Um, one inch at a time, they were going to have to move along their journey. And you know what God told them? God said, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. In other words, God said, I've got strength for you for every day. I'm going to order your steps. I'm going to give you strength for your steps. And you're going to have to just be faithful in the day to day. Can I tell you that this is where I believe most of us win or lose in the Christian life. And that's our ability to be faithful in the little things, in the everyday things. And Israel was walking with the Lord every step of the way. And God said, I've given you enough strength for this day. Can I tell you that God uh, is going to give you strength for the day tomorrow? When you get up in the morning, you're going to have strength, new mercies and new strengths for that day. And you're going to have to walk. Now you say, well, what does a victorious life look like? A pastor, what does a victorious look, a life look like for a Christian? Well, you know, there are wonderful days of great victories. But I'll tell you where the most uh, wonderful victories are won. And that's in the everyday life. It's husband. It's you being able to be sweet to your wife. Parents, it's you being able to be instructive and nurturing to your children. Sometimes mom... Uh, the greatest victory that you can have for the Lord is just getting the kids up and the right shoes on the right feet and breakfast in the belly and out the door to school. Sometimes it's just in the day-to-day -day mundane life that we just march on steady and stay faithful in the little things. Uh, in the times of adversity, God will give us strength to soar. In the times of opportunity, God will give us strength to run, but it's in those times of necessity where God just helps us take the next step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. See, we have all the demands of life and we have this gap of our inability to meet those demands. And this is where God makes up the difference and he gives us the strength we need. Now, Here's the close of the message and you'll miss all of it if you miss this. The secret is found in the first part of the verse. He's just laid out the case that even young men get weary, even young men faint. Don't think that just because you're young, you have enough strength for all the demands of life. You don't. But we have a God. Have you not heard that we have a great creator, a great God, an everlasting God, one who never fatigues, one who never grows weary? And he is able to give strength to the faint. He gives might to those that are cast down. Now, think about it. How does he do it? Now, here's the secret. You'll miss all of it if you miss this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. They shall run. They shall walk. And they will make it through the adversities, through the storms of life. They'll make it through the rush and the opportunities of life. They'll make it through the marching and the mundane of life if they will do one thing, wait upon the Lord and renew their strength. Now, I want you to write down a couple of scriptures. If you have time to look at them, you can. 
But we're going to find out what does it mean to wait on the Lord? Well, waiting on the Lord does not just mean sitting down, twiddling your thumbs and hoping he shows up. That's not what it means to wait. The Bible tells us clearly what it means to wait. And I'm going to give you four references, two in the book of Psalms and two in the book of Proverbs. And I want you to write these down. Psalm 62 and verse number one. Psalm 62 and verse number one. Listen to what David said. He said, truly, my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. Now, what does that mean? Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. This is a longing for God. My soul waits for him. My soul longs for him. I'm waiting on God. I'm longing for him to come and to be my salvation. It is desiring him and longing for him. Waiting on God is a longing for God. Waiting on God is a desire for God. We are to desire him. We're to set our affections on him. We are to, we're to pursue him and long for him. You know, so oftentimes we get so stressed in life that we forget about the Lord. And uh, we, we begin to look for other things to meet our needs. And God said, I want you to look to me. I want you to long for me. Desire me. My soul waiteth on the Lord. I'm desiring him. I'm longing for him. Number two, uh, look at Psalm 104 and verse number 27. Psalm 104 and verse number 27. Listen to it. These wait all upon thee that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. Now he's talking about all the things of this earth, waiting on the Lord to give, for God to give the meat. And what does that mean? Waiting on the, the Lord here in this passage of scripture means to look to the Lord. You look to him. In other words, I'm not looking at him, I'm looking to him. I'm looking to him for the strength. I'm looking to him for the sustenance. I'm looking to him uh, to be my need meter. Let me ask you a question. Do you really believe that God can meet your need? I mean, your need. What you're dealing with in life right now, at this season of your life, does God have what you need? Now you think about that and you need to look to him. Look to him. Have you ever heard anybody say, hey, if you ever need anything, call me. That's exactly what they're saying. Hey, I want you to look to me if you have a need. Call on me if you have a need. And that's what waiting on the Lord is. Waiting on the Lord is longing for him. I desire him to be my need meter. I look to him for all that he has, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then look over the book of Proverbs. Look at Proverbs chapter eight. This is a wonderful verse. Proverbs eight and verse 34. Listen to this. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my door. Now, what does this mean? It means not only do I long for him, but waiting on the Lord means to look to him, to be the great need meter, to supply what we need. But it also means to listen to him. Sitting at the post of the door, 
waiting on the Lord, listening to the Lord. Uh, Notice what he says here. He says, blessed is that man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. He said, here's the man who's waiting at the door, listening to my voice. Now, now, do you have a quiet time? Do you have a time where you just get still and you listen for the Lord? Lord, speak to me. Lord, talk to me today. Lord, encourage me today. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Lord, what would you have me to do today? Waiting on the Lord. Now, friend, listen to me. I believe that many of us are, are, are dealing with undue stresses in life because we're not taking time to wait on God. We're not taking time to sit at his doorposts and listen for his voice. Waiting on the Lord is listening to the Lord. It is sitting down and intently hearing his voice and waiting for him to give the order. It's like a servant just watching and waiting for God to say, go do this. And here we go. We're listening for him. And then let me just say lastly, look at Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. And I want you to see verse number 18. Proverbs 27 and verse 18. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. He that keeps the fig tree will eat of that fig tree. So he that waits on his master will be honored. Now, what does that mean to wait on the master? Well, it means to live for him. Uh, The one who keeps the fig tree is the one who is constantly doing what that fig tree needs to do. He's keeping it. He's tending to it. He's feeding it and watering it and and, uh, fertilizing it. That's what he's doing. He's tending to it. He's trimming it. He's, He's pruning it. And he's waiting on it. And if that man will keep that fig tree, he'll eat the fruit of it. Well, same as the one who waits on his master, the master will honor him. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means to serve him. When you go to a restaurant, uh, someone will come to your table and say, hello, today my name is Aaron and I will be your waiter. Or my name is Sabrina, I will be your waitress. I'll be your server today. And they're waiting on you. Now, can I tell you, (laughs) you go to a restaurant and you have a waiter that you're constantly saying, hey, can you you refill this? Excuse me, uh, sir, excuse me, excuse me. And you can never get their attention. You can never get their attention. Well, you know why you can't get their attention? They're not not longing to serve you. They're not looking to serve you. They they are not listening to what you're asking. and And they're just not living to serve you. Well, can I tell you, they're probably not gonna get the tip that they could have had. They'll be honored according to their waiting. Now, this is exactly what the Lord said. He said, they that wait upon the Lord, they that long for him. Lord, I have my demands of life. And here's my inability to meet those demands. So Lord, I'm longing for you to come make up the difference and give me strength. These are my responsibilities. These are my opportunities. These are my adversities. These are the things that are coming in my life. And Lord, I need you to help me to soar in this storm, to run in this rush, or to just march in this mundane time of life, the day by day by day by day by day to be faithful. Lord, I need you. I'm longing for you. Lord, I'm looking to you for strength every day. I'm looking to you for strength. I don't want a cheap substitute. I want the strength that you provide. Lord, I'm, I'm longing for you. I'm looking to you. 
Lord, I'm going to wait at your posts of your door. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to make sure that I'm tuned to your voice so that I can live for you. Lord, that I won't be trying to pursue responsibilities and opportunities and necessities that are not what you've given to me. Lord, I want to live life the way you've designed it to live. And what did he say? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, this is a silly illustration. and I don't want to cheapen the the truth of this message with it, but I, I want to just give you a thought to think about. When I was a kid, I couldn't wait to go to school because I wanted to, I wanted to carry a lunchbox with me. And my mom took me lunchbox shopping. And I, I picked out, and I was just a little boy, I picked out my favorite lunchbox. It was a little metal lunchbox with Superman on it. Even had the little matching Superman thermos. Remember those? And I got that thing. And now I grew up without a TV, so I didn't know anything about Superman. Except for what I saw in that lunchbox. Boy, he was mighty. He could run and he could jump and he could fly and he could do, he was invincible. Now, I went to a friend's house one time and he showed me some old Superman TV shows. Boy, was I disappointed. I mean, Clark Kent was the goofiest guy you'd ever seen in your life. He was kind of clumsy and he was just this unassuming reporter. And and, uh, he always was kind of pushing up his glasses, a little bit awkward and nerdy and his clothes didn't fit him real well. And, and uh, oh, he just looked so awkward. But then there was a moment of distress and he would disappear for a minute and that uh, he would get into a phone booth. Remember that? Remember, remember what a phone booth was? He'd get into a phone booth. That's probably why we don't have any Superman anymore because it's too hard to kind of change into a uh, one piece of leotard behind a smartphone. But he would jump into a, he would jump into a phone booth, a phone booth, and he'd come out, and he'd come out Superman. Now, let me tell you what would happen in that little phone booth. In that phone booth, Clark Kent would take everything off that was a part of this world, that he was looking like he was from this world. And in there, he would again reveal the inner power that he had from another world. And he would come out of that phone booth invincible and, and super. Well, the Bible says that you and I are more than conquerors through him. And he has caused us to triumph in this world. The problem is, is that so many times we get so entangled with all the things of this world. And we need a place to go in and wait on the Lord. Where we remove some of those entanglements and some of these things that, that are from this world. And we get a hold of the power from another world. So that we can live in strength. Mighty strength. In this world. Have you not heard? Have you not heard that we have a creator, a God everlasting who never grows weary and he gives strength to the weak. He gives might to the faint. Have you heard about that? Well, let's wait on him. Let's long for him. Let's look to him. Let's listen for him. Let's live for him. And God will give us great strength to meet the demands of life. That's how we have strength for stress. The Lord will give it to us. I can do all things through Christ. Father, I thank you for the time spent tonight. I thank you for the power that you've promised us, the help that you've offered us in our weakness. And I pray that we would be humble and wise and yielded to it. And that, Lord, we could thrive 
in the pressures and the demands of life. Lord, may we show grace to this world and your strength to this world. And I pray you'll help our people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for taking time tonight, church. God bless you, and I will see you Wednesday evening. Don't forget to vote. Go drop off your ballot. Go vote in person on Tuesday and pray for a wonderful, wonderful revival in this country.